0: hello happy new year happy 2024 i wanted to let you know about some classes i have coming up have the five-week boundaries and consent for people pleasers it's back that starts uh on wednesday january 24th then on the 29th i'm co-teaching who has time for imposter syndrome with josie josie alexandra that's for artists creatives entrepreneurs people who want to get into a sort of speed dating style meet and greet practice your pitch with other people in the same boat Then I have the five-week rom-com class, also returning, but with four new rom-coms, you can look those up on the site. That starts uh, February 28th. And then I have a five-day intensive, the new basics. That's consent basics from February 19th to the 23rd. And then my consent educator program has morphed a little bit for this spring and it's going to be a consent-based teaching artist program so it's going to help it's going to really focus on helping artists figure out how and what they want to teach in order to support their art practice Um, very similar to how i do at consent wizardry you can also as always get some cbd goodies for yourself from foria With my 20% off link, which is in the show notes. I really love, um, I have it right here. The relief salve is really amazing. They also make suppositories that work wonders for my uh, menstrual cramps. And I love their um, bath salt too. It's really, really nice. So you can get 20% off there. Also in the show notes are links for a 20% off discount to the three different Lust cinemas. Platform, so there's the soft core, hardcore and long form videos that they do um lust is a really great company and you can be sure rest assured jerk off assured that your porn is ethically made that the people making it are being paid well and um you know, are being well taken care of. I've worked on some of those sets and it's a really good time. It's a really really cool place, Um, production company. You also may know that I've been working on a musical and a book. Um, If those are things that you're interested in, sort of a behind the scenes look at, if you subscribe on my Instagram, um, I give kind of like a little BTS, window into the process how it's going what's on my mind um you know everything that it's really taking everything that's going into recording the soundtrack writing the script the um, staged reading processes and writing the book and the kind of like existential questions that come up in writing a book i'm learning Um, so if that's of interest to you it's five dollars a month on instagram And you get a few other things with subscriber-only access, including some captions in video form, Um, and yeah, there's a couple other things on there, but that's a really nice way to show your support. I'm closing down the Patreon. Um, It's just too many platforms. Jeez, jeez Louise, too many platforms. So I'm shutting down Patreon, but the the Instagram subscriber-only channel is gonna kind of take the place of that. I hope to see you there. Okay, this is a great episode. Uh, I hope you enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Share the Load. We've been on hiatus for a bit, um, and I'm glad to be back with Louisa. Um, Oh, hey. (laughs) You can introduce yourself and also pronounce your last name, because I'm realizing that I maybe never knew. It doesn't need to be pronounced. It's (laughs) pretty...
1: Hi, I'm Louisa. <laughs> um, which I also didn't predict would be an issue when I decided on my own DJ name as an 18 year old. Anyway, my last name is <laughs> Pilot. Pilot. <laughs> but in France, I just say P.O. because it's easier. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: and I am a musician primarily, and uh, producer, and songwriter, and performer, and then freshly a consent educator (laughs) thanks to consent wizardry school of consent (laughs) education
0: (laughs) which is just me i constantly have to remind people it's just me (laughs) it's still great (laughs) it you (laughs) yeah thank you um well okay i i would love to hear from you kind of like what sparked your interest in consent stuff um and then we'll kind of work our way towards oops um like overlap or like the kind of nexus of like consent and music
1: awesome okay so uh for probably like three now maybe four years um since covid i started mm-hmm. a podcast called sober sex and because i'm in in long-term recovery from substance abuse and um i realized that there was kind of uh, it felt like very taboo to talk about that stuff within recovery rooms, but also like super necessary because a lot of times it was being kind of pathologized. And a lot of people come in to recovery with really disorganized sex lives and have to kind of relearn what their, you know, they, they how they want to have sex, basically. And so to to talk about, you know, that stuff, in addition to like creativity and authenticity and body autonomy and mental health and guess what a lot of these things align really neatly with with uh, learning about consent and so I think I stumbled upon your work via Instagram and then like listened to the podcast oh my god we're here now (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and yeah and and had you on the show and was really um there was a moment when like one of the kind of standard questions that we we use is like the lightning round question is like what do you love I think after, um you know, talking about consent and, like, embodiment <laughs> for over an hour, you said, like, I love my body, and I was, like, very huh. impressed, yeah, just because, like, you talked about, you know, like, a lot of, kind of, physical challenges, and then also this, like, deep respect for your your body and what it would tell you and how to listen to it, and, like, I wanted what you had, you know, because, hmm. like... I've had a history of disordered eating and I think, you know, obviously (laughs) um, embodiment and and consent are very challenging for people who have struggled with both, you know, eating disorder and drug addiction. (laughs) It becomes super confusing, you know, if you stop listening to your body, you know, whenever you start using or whenever you start starving or whatever. So, yeah, I was really curious about what you had to say about that.
0: Wow, I don't remember saying that. I mean, I now that you say it, I I vaguely do, but that's amazing. Um, you know, when I was when I was so sick, I remember thinking like, I mean, first of all, I was misdiagnosed with anorexia countless times. Um, and like anyone who's been listening for a while, you know, to this show or like following along with me, uh, Knows that, like, it turned out I had five different diagnoses that had never been diagnosed. Um, I like went through really extensive treatment, started to get better, and then got a bonus round, which was the tapeworm. Um, and so I think I, I didn't, I wasn't anorexic, but I did develop disordered eating, like, all this food was making me sick and I didn't know but my body knew so I was like resisting eating I was you know essentially starving myself or or like not eating until I absolutely couldn't stand it anymore and that was just this like cycle that I was in and I remember thinking like I can I totally see both the correlation or the causation between like undiagnosed chronic and autoimmune illness and eating disorders slash OCD Mm -hmm. and addiction. Because I I started to wonder like how many people with undiagnosed autoimmune disease are self-medicating with opioids and ODing. And then I think of, of, um, Kurt Cobain, who had chronic like stomach issues his entire life. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, you know, and like where that took him. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I I think, I think a lot about, and I and I often like I see it, and I and I try to avoid, like, saying it in an unsolicited advice kind of way, but I'm like often, you know, people in my life who are struggling with like any kind of disordered eating or like control stuff around food and simultaneously complaining around about like and I don't mean complaining like ugh, complaining I mean like you know expressing that you're having like really bad gut issues I'm always like oh I wonder what you know what else is going on yeah for
1: sure and also, I mean, I think it's just, like, my stuff was very much around, like, exercise bulimia and overtraining, mm-hmm. and, and so this idea of, and I, it, as that has healed, like, ha- ha- having to do work on kind of becoming an ally to my body, you know, and not, yeah. yeah, not kind of abandoning it and not forcing it into, like, I was very yeah. moved by the way you kind of articulated, like, your respect for your body as an instrument of like intuition mm. and decision-making. And I was like, man, that's like, I want to know more about that. You know, I want that kind of fluency with it. And so mm. that's kind of, um, like a, a kind of a spiritual path to, uh,
0: a hundred percent
1: work. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, I think that's something that like, you know, it's, like, one of those strange things where it's, like, I, I kind of don't talk about it on the surface, but, like, at a certain point, you do get to this, like, wall where it's, like, on the other side of this is this, like, huge spiritual, like, world. And you can stop there if you need to, and a lot of people do, but, like, the more that you do the more that you get into consent in this way of, like, you know, looking inward and learning to listen to your body and stuff, like, at a certain point, I really had to go, well, I guess, I guess God, you know, um, like, okay. For sure.
1: And it's cool, too, because I do think it intersects with the recovery aspect because, you know, like, 12 Step is very much about a spiritual experience, right? But yeah. This this, um, like... I was listening to, I was saying earlier, I was listening to a fourth step today, which is where somebody like, or a fifth step, I guess, where somebody reads you their fourth step, which is basically a searching Mm. and fearless moral inventory of like, uh, of every resentment and every fear and every weird sex thing. (laughs) It sounds quite culty when I explain it like that, but like so much of the stuff is just like not listening to one's own gut, like not trusting one's intuition, you know, like that's kind of the genesis of so many of these resentments and so many of these wounds and so much of this trauma. So to be able to kind of have uh, a more direct route to being able to listen to that and tr- trust it you know especially coming from like you can't trust <laughs> like so much of it around addiction is like you can't trust your body you can't trust your right. mind like everything your your first thought will be will be mostly about self-destruction and like bad ideas so to kind of yeah learn about rewiring from a different a- uh, angle is really interesting mm. too you know because it's like both pragmatic and physical and spiritual which is a, like a, a cool combo
0: yeah, totally. Um, I had this doctor at one point before we knew I had a tapeworm who encouraged me to kind of like loosen the grip on the diet that I was on where she was like, eat what feels good. And I, you know, all this like fear flooded over me because I was like, but we don't know what's going to happen if I do, you know, and, um, but I kind of had this, uh, I don't know, like a minor epiphany where I was kind of like, eat what feels good is, is distinctly different from eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I think like when you're talking about, you know, addiction and learning to trust your body, um, right. Like you can't trust your body's cravings and urges when it's coming from a place of addiction. And I think For a lot of people, even who like don't have histories of substance abuse, they can relate and I can relate like with sugar.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, where like if I'm eating a ton of sugar, then my body craves sugar, but that's not eating what feels good. Yeah. I end up feeling like shit and like crazy. Right, (laughs) right, right, Crazy, (laughs) really crazy. Um, But yeah, like kind of being able to parse out the difference between like a fuck all approach to like, you know fucking party <laughs> like you know eat the donut eat the cake eat much the ice. yes exactly um well you know that the one side of YOLO not the other side of YOLO uh, yes. the one one side being once. like right you only live once so fucking party versus you only live once so like do it well and with care and like you know
1: um I've but, never
0: considered that angle of YOLO Oh, yeah. I'll take
1: it with me. Yes, thank you. (laughs) There's
0: two sides of YOLO. Um, The YOLO coin. My biography. Uh, What I would... (laughs) The two sides of YOLO. That's great. I love that as a autobiography (laughs) title. Um, Okay, I would... You know, we're two musicians in here, like consent nerd musicians. So I would really love to spend some time nerding out with you about music oh I can't wait I'm very excited (laughs) okay well so let's let's start with the like when you think about the connection between consent and music what do you think of
1: well I mean I feel like it might be premature to talk about this project that I'm working on that I'm really excited about so it will let's table that for now but um, okay I feel like it was kind of in the process of taking the consent educator course that I really was like oh, fuck, like, all of my songs are about consent.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like,
1: oh, no. I mean, it was good because I was like, wow, this tracks... Because it's about kind of, like, embodiment, rape culture, like, uh, self-betrayal. Like, these kind of big themes in, in my songwriting are very linked to consent and about, like, what it feels to override that and what it feels like to honor it. Like, and, and it, it's really exciting because I think the last... Last record was about like um, sex and death. <laughs> and this one's about um, like kind of g- grief and liberation, which are wow. kind of just like the step Ooh. beyond, right? Yes. So to have a space of like being able to perform that, I think, as like, a, you know, so much of the, the, the like sneaky spiritual side of your stuff is about. Uh, ritual. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You know, and to be able to have, like, essentially a communion around these ideas is really, like, what a a great thing to kind of be able to participate in and to offer others because I do think it is revolutionary ideas, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed any changes in, like, your creative process through learning about consent? That's an interesting question. I mean, I think... It's
1: almost it's more linked to the business side almost because I'm like it's much more intuitive when working in collaboration or
0: mm-hmm.
1: saying yes or no to, to to gigs or whatever. But then I wonder about I feel like again like the the confident aspect is very is hmm. very crucial like to be able to be like um, kind of grounded in a confidence that allows me to make to have discernment. I think that that's Mm -hmm. been a really big thing creatively about like showing up to a space and being able to kind of do good work
0: and -hmm. trust that
1: work and trust being a channel kind of. Trust being
0: a channel. I'm curious as to your experience. Yeah. Um, Well, I was lucky enough to have a really amazing guitar teacher who turned into my producer, um, Amelie Rousseau. Uh, And... She really, I mean, I think I've said this before on here, but it's worth repeating. I was a, I studied classical piano as a wee child, um, which now it's just really funny to like look back on my life and be like, I was like just playing like Beethoven at, seven years like what the fuck is you know why do grown-ups think that that's what seven-year-olds should be doing I don't know (laughs) but (laughs) but it's kind of badass I mean yo respect (laughs) it is I know and I'm like really grateful for it in hindsight because I do have like a certain amount of music theory and you know finger dexterity and things and like intuition that is just in my blood that cannot be erased um and at the same time, I found this kind of like, uh, um, like it, it was very perfectionist seeking. Mm. You know, um, I also grew up doing ballet, another like perfectionist conservatory arts <laughs> art form, exactly. Um, and it's really about you know doing it right. Uh, and there is some emotionality, obviously, that people bring to like a dance or to ballet or to. Um, you know, even a, a Mozart concerto or whatever, but like at the end of the day, it's like you play what's on the page, you know, you do the steps and you just, you just do it as well as you can. Um, and when I decided, uh, this was 2019, I was like, I, I I really, really want to learn to play guitar. Um, and I asked Amelie, she was my coworker at Botanica restaurant I was like, "Would you teach me to play guitar?" And she said, "I've never done that and I can't read music." And I was like, "That's exactly perfect. what I want." <laughs> yeah, perfect. So we started working together um through the pandemic. Like this was like August of 2019 and then the world shut down and so we we moved to Zoom and I literally learned to play guitar like during lockdown. Um I mean that sounds kind of ideal though because like yeah. it requires just
1: like sitting by yourself most of the totally time.
0: Totally right. Like I couldn't go out. I couldn't see other people. So I was like, I'll just practice guitar. So um, what Amelie really taught me was this shift from is this good to do I like it, mm. and like that question itself is so linked to consent Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um that I I don't think that I mean and I've I've thought about this before I I really don't think that I would I don't know that I would be making music at all if it weren't for learning about consent but even if I were I know that I wouldn't be doing it the way that I'm doing it without the like background and like the foundation of consent because when you said um what did you say? like trusting being a channel? What did mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, um, like trusting
1: being a channel and then not, so trusting that that's the, like that's what's happening.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like that was something that I did not know how to do. and with consent, giving me like an awareness of my body, an awareness of like what it feels like to like something, giving myself permission to form an opinion. Like that alone mm-hmm. is huge. Um, yeah, just like being able to, you know, Amelie would have me like, like I would look up a Taylor Swift song that I really liked. Okay, sorry to anyone who hates her, but I, I love her. And I learned to sing to her in the guitar, in the car. Like I taught myself to sing to Taylor Swift in the car. And um, uh, so I would like look up a Taylor Swift song, find the first four chords. Often there's only four chords. Mm-hmm. I love her for that also. Um, Accessible is is an important thing. I agree. So, and then Amelie would be like, okay, play those four chords and then now play them backwards. Like, which do you prefer? And I'd have to be like, oh, like, let me listen with that in mind and then form an opinion and notice, like, what my body is saying. And then she'd be like, all right, do it major, minor, major, minor. And now do it minor, major, minor, major. And which do you prefer? And then, you know, like, okay, now add a capo, like, where do you like what this sounds like? Mm -hmm. And now, like, instead of strumming it, do that finger picking pattern that you made up. And now you have your own song. That's so playful. It sounds so, yeah,
1: what a pleasure to kind of explore like that.
0: Right, right. And I also love this kind of like, um, I don't know, this idea that like, you're never doing anything alone. It's like, me and Taylor and me and Amelie, you know, like <laughs> the three of us are like writing this talk together. Damn it. And yeah. Yeah. And like that, you know, that nothing is ever like created in a vacuum and it's like it always in relationship. I mean, all, all of those things I feel like are really present in how I think about making music and art of, of any kind.
1: That's, that's really powerful. Cause I do think that there is, I, and I've been trying to kind of form language around this because I feel like. We're entering kind of a new age of like how gender expresses itself in music. Mm. And that um, I think kind of when I was coming up, there was a lot of like pressure to like, like dudes could somehow fuck around. They could like mm-hmm. be bad at it. But like mm-hmm. to be a femme in like a kind of, you know, a mask space was like somehow you had to show up and like be perfect. Yeah. um or at least highly competent otherwise um you would kind of get like i don't know cast aside or something totally <laughs> and, and so like the the way it, it talks you talk about like learning about, to like trust your instinct and to trust your sensibility and to t- develop your own sensibility in like a really kind of playful space that doesn't require perfection like that's not even like that's the silly concept when it comes to this, I think is really powerful because it's like so empowering and so fun and not about, yeah. Any, it's not really about anybody else's opinion of it or like, sh- like, it, and I, even like doing that during COVID about like it, not even being performative in it anyway. of just like really developing your relationship with what you're about. is really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in this, um, mixing class through the school of song which is an online school um and I I'm just thinking of like what you said about you know this like a sort of male dominated space and like feeling like there's not a lot of room to like play I mean consent I think has also and I wonder how you feel about this but like has given me so much more uh comfort in failing Mm -hmm. um and like coziness you know I'm like friends now with my embarrassment you know like I like there's things that like the first EP that I put out a couple years ago like I now cringe with embarrassment and I knew then that I was gonna cringe with embarrassment and I did it anyway um so like that I feel like (laughs) yeah like consent has allowed me to be like I know that I'm going to get better at it if I do it again and again and again. So I'm just going to let myself be embarrassed for a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and always like, try, like knowing and I... I this a lot to people who are like what's what's your suggestion for like starting producers it's like there will always be a distance between where you start and where your taste level is
0: yeah that's and that like, ira glass quote yeah that really great i love thank
1: you for <laughs> shout out this american life friend of pod yeah. <laughs>
0: um, ira glass
1: come on the show <laughs> no way he's <laughs> ever going
0: to
1: <laughs> <laughs> somebody i know that was some of you, some of you someone listening knows
0: knows ira glass producer absolutely yeah a
1: producer at npr anyway <laughs> uh, i digress <laughs> but that is a fantastic <laughs> quote and like it's so useful and like to be like oh this is it's not going to be great at first and like that's p- kind of a holy part of the process yes you know like yes t- t- to suck at something and do it anyway i think is like one of the like sickest things like i'm obsessed with this band totally <laughs> I don't know that. (laughs) They're so great. I highly recommend anybody listening check it out. But like everything is like pushed through. All songs are 90 seconds and they're all like every instrument is through the same fucked up chorus pedal. So it sounds like (laughs) like aliens being goofy. It's like amazing. It's so weird. (laughs) And like I just I'm so it's like the most exciting thing I've heard in a long time because it's so far from anything like Mm
0: -hmm. conventionally
1: good. And it's Fantastic.
0: <laughs> do you know? Do you know the Shags?
1: The Shags. I don't. I'll write yeah. that down
0: though. Okay. So my like family friend who's been working with my dad for years, Joy Gregory, um, who also uh, she's never going to listen to this, but I she just gave Shout me out notes. Joy. On, yeah, Sorry. Joy, come on the show. I'm kidding. I love Joy. <laughs> um, Joy gave me amazing notes on my musical. She came to the reading in New York in November, and she really like in 20 minutes, like, elevated the shit out of the show. So I'm, like, really excited to do rewrites. But the point is, she... So the Shags was a real band, I think in the 80s or 90s, and they couldn't play any instruments, but they wanted to start a band. There, I think it was three girls. I hope I'm not fucking this up. But anyway, you can look start up the Shags. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's a real band, and they couldn't play instruments, and they wanted to start a band. So they did, and they made amazing like grunge pop garage you know the simplest like and it's so endearing it's so charming and it's rock and roll like it's fucking rock and roll and they they just were like we're doing this that audacity to me is like that's so much of it it's like just 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 do it just do it
1: you want to that's, do it? Just do yeah, it. That's so rad. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate respect also, because I feel like I've been so straightjacketed by my own, like, yes. need to be like good or cool or perfect. Or like, like commercially oh viable. <laughs> I mean, not really. That's, not, like, that's of no interest to me, but yeah, yeah. you know, like to be able to be in a room, to be able, able to be allowed to be in a room.
0: Right. You know? Well, so Joy, so Joy wrote a musical about the shags called oh the, the shags. Um, that was why I brought up Joy. Um, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I think, okay, wait, there's a couple things. There's, I just, my brain is, like, firing on so many cylinders. I want to go back to the mixing <laughs> class. But I also want to say that I, I really believe that anyone can do anything that they want to do. Like, I, I know that sounds so fucking corny, like, millennial, you're a special snowflake type of thing. But, like, but, but what I mean by this is that I think that I, like, okay, you can do anything you want to do with, like, emphasis on the want, like you have to really want it. The wanting is like the magic dust, you know, the wow. fairy dust. And, and sometimes I think it's the consent thing around like, do I want this because other people want this or I think I'm supposed to want this? Or do I want this because I am a channel and
1: mm-hmm. there's like
0: something telling me that this is what I want? Like this like real deep desire. And when you have that desire, I think you really can do it. You know, there's a million things in the world that I don't want to do. And I don't even think about them because I don't want them. Mm -hmm. And yet when there's things that I want to do, I often get in my head about like, can I really do this? If I start now, it's going to take me so long to get any good. Like, am I, you know, am I wasting my time? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm really, I really try to remember that like, if I truly have the desire, then I can.
1: Yeah. I mean, and also that some it's like somehow it's going to kind of be possible. Like there's not even a, really a question. I mean, I'll relate with my own experience that like I got sober when I was 20 years old.
0: Wow. <laughs> like,
1: and I was being, I was DJing since I was like 18, 17, 18, and um, I was convinced that I was put on this earth to be a DJ, even though I was also a terrible cocaine addict. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and everybody around me was like please do not like can you do literally any other fucking job like in the like you we would support you being a stripper like literally anything else <laughs> DJ. and I was like no this is my path <laughs> like it was the only thing I like that I was ruthlessly adamant and like obs- obsessed about and like somehow it like I understood that the bargain with the universe is that if I stayed yes. sober and like put that first, that I could that this would come. And th- crazily enough it fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, it's my life, you know, like that's what happened that's what I'm do for a living.
0: <laughs> yes. Well and you knew, like you knew, even at that age and even with as much, you know, noise as yeah, but like some pushback. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even through the noise of cocaine <laughs> like you were able to hear that that call well and to
1: discern, i think what you talk about too is like this discernment of like is this as you say like is this mine because of like an ego reason is it mine is it do i think it's my path for kind of superficial reasons or am i am i connected to something that like will right. bring me to life in a different way right
0: Yes. Okay. You're reminding me of my dear friend from kindergarten who, like, when we were kids, um, you know, she didn't want to be an actor. She wanted to be a movie star. And she didn't want to be a musician or a singer. She wanted to be a pop star. So, like, that to me feels like the kind of uh, this is what I'm supposed to want Mm. versus, like, a love of the craft, right? And, like, she went through conservatory as an actor, and I think eventually she did really find a love for acting, but that was secondary mm-hmm. and now she's a badass lawyer and like <laughs> loves her yeah i mean and she's she's amazing she's like fucking killing it, she's like working in reproductive rights and and I mean I seriously think she could be like on the Supreme Court one day um but, you know, the point being, like, I think there's a lot of ways that we kind of internalize this stuff that's around us that, like, that says, you know, I want to be on the cover of Vogue and not, like, why do you want Vogue to want you on the mm-hmm. cover? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, that sure. type of thing. Or, like, I mean, I guess, like, how do you want to spend your life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What yeah. do you want to do every day? And that's also, like, I think in when it feels challenging, that's also, like, the consolation prize, you know, of, like... Sure. Can I feel in my body that, like, even if, you know, Spotify stops paying all artists anything and it becomes literally fucking impossible to make a living at this? Like, am I going to do it anyway? Yeah. Because what yeah.
0: I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's something that's very, like, okay. Like, I can, you know, work training dogs or some shit. <laughs> and literally. And for fun. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like, part of what, um, and here's my, here's my plug, my, my mid-show ad, um, that I decided to do the educator program in tandem with my unblocked program coming up this year. So it's now a consent forward, like consent-based teaching artist program. So the idea being that I'm going to specifically help artists figure out what and how they want to teach to support their art the way that I have.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's um, awesome. And so, you yeah. know, same same. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Out. Totally. And like, you know, to what to your point, like I'm never going to stop. First of all, I've made zero negative many negative dollars. Thousands and thousands of negative <laughs> dollars on my music, but I'm never going to stop picking up a guitar, you know? Like I'm never going to stop singing. I'm never going to stop making music. Um so, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, figuring out how to make that sustainable for me because, goddamn, it's fucking expensive.
1: Totally. But that's really beautiful. Because like, I think also, like, facing that reality and being like, well, maybe this isn't the path to stardom that I I had hoped it would be. But, like, I, I, I again, like, I'm going to show up for it anyway because I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a, you know, it, it can it can be challenging for the ego for sure, but it's also kind of, like, a helpful, like rooted grounding thing that you're like oh like my body's good with that you know
0: yeah, yeah i love totally. screaming <laughs> right never going to stop screaming never gonna stop screaming it's like my the love
1: of my life <laughs> yeah
0: okay wait i want to go back to this mixing class real quick because yes. i i feel like this you know what you were talking about around gender like really came through and i think there's also this question of like is it coming from the outside or is it coming from in me so i signed up for this mixing lab through the school of song and I don't know why I thought this, but I definitely thought it was more of like a production focused class than um, than a mixing class, even though it was called mixing lab. I think I was like seeing only what I wanted to see in that. Um, and so I signed up in the first day. I was like, I am in over my head. I have no idea what anyone is talking about. I think I signed up for the wrong class and I need a refund and to try the home recording class, which would have given me probably the skills that I thought I was going to get. And I emailed the guy who runs it. He processed my refund before I could, like, I took the Saturday. I don't check email on Saturday. So I emailed him on a Friday, I think. And then by Sunday, I was like, wait a second. I've been thinking about this class so much that I know that I learned a lot, even though a lot went over my head. And so, like Sunday morning, I pulled up my my email to to say, like, actually, I'm gonna stick it out. I'm really gonna try. And he had already refunded me, so I had to re sign up. And <laughs> just pass the money back and forth. Right. Yeah, sign. exactly. Right. <laughs> and then, like the but the like processing fees just keep taking people's money out of it, so it's like just re- depreciating in value. It was <laughs> measly two hundred dollars. So okay. So like I really went hard on this class. Like I was watching hours of YouTube videos on like compression and like buses and sends and like all this stuff in logic. And and I was learning so much. And every week I was in over my head and I was like, all right, here we go. Like I'm gonna use the week to like figure out what the fuck anyone was talking about. And- <laughs> That's so there awesome were all, of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But there were, so there were like these Q&A sessions between the classes and uh, the chat was very active the whole time. And I decided- that since I had like, what what kept happening was that I would have a question come up that I wanted to ask, but I was afraid people would think I was stupid. So I wouldn't ask it. And then five seconds later, someone else would ask it. And often it was someone who had seemed incredibly knowledgeable about all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe you I'm not so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And by the way, and this is like really important, on this Zoom, in this Zoom room, you know, 25 people on each screen, and then you like scroll, scroll, scroll to the side. Everyone w- was identical. It was like nearly all cis white men wearing beanies in their own bedroom. Like indoor beanie wearers. (laughs) Um, Some of them had
1: some some cool mood lighting, I'm sure. Some of them have gamer chairs. Yes, Uh, mm yes, yes.
0: Some of them had guitars behind them. Some of them, you know, had, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the other ones were like in a studio, in some kind of professional studio. So anyway, you know, you scroll and scroll and scroll and you're like, wow, everyone in here looks the same. And what ended up happening was that I I just started to like shamelessly ask every question that I could possibly, that I needed an answer to. And I discovered, probably not surprising to you, that so many of the people in this class were thrilled and happy to answer these questions for me. And I would end up with like seven different answers from like slightly different vantage points about like defining what, LCR means and like what a bus is and like what this is and what that is and I I literally like by the end of the class multiple class sessions I had to turn off my camera so I could cry oh. I was I was like so overwhelmed by the amount of support I was getting from strangers for absolutely no reason and what I really identified as and I'm like getting emotional even now like what I identified as like the thing that was Stopping me from asking for what I need was this fear that the boys would think I was dumb.
1: Oh, yeah. That's 10,000% it. And like, as you said, like the call is coming from inside the house. Like none exactly. of the men I actually work with, nope. which is mostly cis white dudes, have ever made me feel stupid. I mean, nope. maybe one or two, but like we don't work with them anymore. Yeah. But, you know, it's like it's this, but inter- then I see them like, you know, the friend who plays synths is sitting up behind the drum set and just like, fucking up to like cannot play drums (laughs) right and like I'm like man I wish I could allow myself to like be that playful or that open Mm -hmm. to failure or that willing to kind of be silly in this context and like you know, it, I feel grief for like my mm-hmm. former self for not being that, that like allowing myself that, you know, but I think also, you know, within the, the music industry specifically, it's like, well, we are working towards gender equity. It's totally not there yet, especially within like industrial techno. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, creating environments where that's possible and, and, and talking about that level of discomfort and being like, like. I I wish that somebody had allowed me, like I told me to allow myself, you know. Yes. Like liberty.
0: <laughs> right. Play. Well, and and then I feel like the call there is like for us to be able and willing to do that for other people. Exactly. Precisely. So yeah. I mean, I I know that Amelie feels that obligation, and she's done such a beautiful job of of creating spaces like that. She does this salam jam that's like all non-cis men um are like invited to jam and there's just instruments set up on stage and and this honestly this was like this was my first introduction to what jamming is and she she was like I'm so glad that you have that as like the basis of what you're going to compare everything else to and I'll also you know I feel like my my producer that I found Ryan Pauly like he's he's been amazing like he and he's saying things to me that I'm like are you talking to me dude like he's like you're so good at what you do like oh my god that was brilliant writing you like wrote a harmony that went like minor third minor third major third and I'm like okay if you say so, you know, like, (laughs) I I mean, screaming in my car to myself. (laughs) Exactly. I thought it sounded cool, but you know, so I, I'm really very much invested in like, how do we kind of break down those perceived barriers? Because yes, often they're there and often they're, they're internalized. yeah, Yeah. The calls from coming from inside the house.
1: Well, and I think also this emphasis on like the fact that the landscape needs that like in order to have kind of more ideas and more stories and more perspectives and more like i don't know that just a a richer community in -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. whether it be music or you know consent education, whatever the fuck like (laughs) those are two not very maybe not the best examples but like that the the voice matters you know And, and i think that that's like something that's like if not like if you if if you're listening to this and you're like i'm super uncomfortable about this entire thing and i don't want to put myself out there or whatever (laughs) but like your voice matters you know like Mm -hmm. to have that perspective is valuable especially if you're listening to this podcast because i imagine that you're you know a low-key genius interested in cool shit
0: (laughs) i think so i think so yeah. Shout out, listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like nonstop, like AM radio plugs.
0: You can do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I I don't. You know, we ran. We started late, and I just want to be like mindful of time. And I feel like we covered a lot of ground. So, is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I, I
1: would love to plug many things. Yeah. um Please listen to my podcast, Sober Sex. If you like, share the load. You'll probably like what we talk about. We've had like numerous, we've poached numerous guests from
0: Mia. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And they're always brilliant. And uh, yeah, we talk about sobriety and sexuality, of course, but creativity, authenticity, body autonomy, mental health, sexuality, gender identity, recovery, God and Spiritual Growth. I just sang you the theme
0: song. <laughs>
1: Woohoo! Woohoo! So those things are cool. And then I have an album coming out next month called May the Rage Burn a Path to Joy, mm. um, available on all platforms. So <laughs> check it out coming February.
0: Amazing. And where can people find you?
1: On the internet, I'm typically at L O U I S A H H H, except on Twitter, which is a hellscape anyway, but there's an extra H in there L-O-U-I-S-A-H-H-H-H.
0: <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and um you're gonna be offering a class soon, so people can stay tuned for that.
1: Yes, people can f- learn more about that class on my Instagram, again, L-O-U-I-S-A-H-H-H. <laughs> cool. Alright, thank you, Louisa. Thank you for having me, Mia. It's a pleasure to catch up. You too.
0: Our jingle is by Amelie Rousseau, my amazing guitar teacher and music producer. I produced this show and did the editing and mixing, and I don't want to do it for anyone else's show. (laughs) In fact, I'd really love to not be doing it for this show either. But here we are. Thanks for listening!